Good morning. It is Wednesday, April 6th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. On today's episode, we will be talking to David Eicholt. He covers the Iowa Hawkeyes for 24-7 sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. But before we do, I just wanted to remind everyone to make sure to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your feedback. And if you have any questions or ideas for the podcast episodes, make sure to let us know. So as we continue to go around the country this offseason, we head to Iowa City to talk about last year's Big Ten West champs. And David Eichelt of 24-7 Sports, HawkeyeInsider.com joins me now to do such. David, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on and giving me some time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Lance, always good talking to you. Things are going well here. Uh, Iowa City spring football is on the horizon. And uh, you know this as well as I do. No offseason, a lot of talk. So uh, let's get into it. No offseason at all. The college football landscape has certainly remained busy uh, since the season, uh, since the regular season, at least I should say, ended back uh, in November. So, David, the Hawkeyes, you mentioned currently in spring practice. I said in my intro, they were Big Ten West champs last season, trying to build off of last year's 10 and 4 record in 2022. Now, they started off 6 and 0 in 2021, but they did finish 4 and 4 in their final eight, including the two postseason games, obviously the Big Ten championship, as well as the bowl game against Kentucky. I would think Hawkeye fans, when they were 6 and 0 heading into that home game against Purdue, they were ranked number two, I believe, at the time. They had higher aspirations for the season than the way it actually finished. From your experiences and the things that you've heard, what was just the fan perception and the fan opinion on last season as a whole? I think it's a little bit demoralizing, especially just the way the season ended. I mean, like you said, they start out 6-0. and The defense was on historic pace. And, you know, I know some people want to throw out turnover luck, but when you look at Phil Parker's track record, that, that's just what he does. He breeds great defensive backs. He breeds great defense. And when you combine Iowa special teams, I mean, I think you have two elite aspects of a very, very, you know, good football team. Maybe not a college football playoff caliber, but just below that. And then when you look at the offense, I think Iowa does have some decent playmakers. But when you look at the quarterback play, when you look at just things holding them back, I think that's just been the biggest frustration. It's Iowa, you know, Iowa football has not been able to take the step forward offensively to be able to compete with the Michigans, with the Ohio States and compete for a Big Ten title. I think the whole season is the narrative has changed. If Iowa doesn't get blown out in the Big Ten title, uh, maybe, I mean, even if Iowa beats Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl, I still think people are a little bit demoralized after what happened in the Big Ten championship. I mean, Iowa, I think, can contend in the West again this year. But, you know, at the end of the day, what's that really worth when you look at what's in the Big Ten East right now? And if Iowa wants to continue to get up to that level, I mean, they can't rank in the hundreds in nearly every offensive category. They got to find a way to take a step forward this season. And like you said, what does contention in the West really mean with the Big Ten East, whether it's Ohio State or obviously Michigan last year, kind of uh, running the show and running it up in the Big Ten title game. So, David, I went back and looked at the quarterback play of Iowa's last eight games. It wasn't pretty. I mean, I'm sure you were there. You saw it. You know it. In the last eight, both Spencer Petrus and Alex Padilla, they both got action. They went for a combined 115 for 220. That's 52% completion percentage through three touchdowns to 11 picks. I don't care how good your running game is. I, you know, you can't win games with that kind of quarterback play. That's, you know, it's mm-hmm. obvious. What's the deal with the quarterbacks this spring? I'm assuming it's Petrus versus Padilla for the starters rule again. I guess are Iowa fans even confident in, in either one of those guys at the moment to, to take the job for, for September 3rd? No. And I, I think the reality is right now, you know, like I think Spencer Petrus is very self-aware. He's really done a nice job in interviews this season. He knows what he needs to improve on. And again, I think Spencer Petrus has the arm talent. And I think that there was a little bit of a 
just a little bit of a, a learning curve last season. If you look at Iowa's offensive line, I mean, they really struggled through the first half of the season. Um, so, I mean, Petrus really didn't have time. Iowa was trying to incorporate two new freshman wide receivers. Uh, Sam Laporta is obviously a staple at tight end and he's returning. So that's a big win for them. But, you know, the reality is talk is cheap at this point. Iowa has to find a way to push the product forward on the field. I think this spring is going to be huge. I think April 23rd, I'm very intrigued to see how much progress they make. But you also got to remember this. I'm sure this is going to be a topic in a minute. Brian Ferentz is now coaching the quarterbacks. And from the from Kirk's explanation, and if you took the last name out of it, it makes sense to some degree because you want your offensive coordinator to be directly in line with your quarterbacks. It's a very common thing. I think it's a good thing. But when you look at Brian Ferentz's track record as offensive coordinator, you look at the last name, everybody's kind of rolling their eyes in the back of the head saying, you know, why? And I think at this point too, Kirk Ferentz is essentially doubling down on his son that he's going to be able to help Iowa take a step forward. And if there's one thing Brian Ferentz can do, it is develop individual players. You look at Iowa's track record on the offensive line. Brian Ferentz has coached tight ends for a long time at Iowa as well. He knows how to develop players. But the big question is, will Iowa's quarterback play take a step forward? Uh, and you also need to remember, former Colorado State offensive coordinator and Wisconsin quarterback coach John Budmeyer is now an offensive analyst for Iowa. So how much does he get involved? Can he really maybe be that missing piece to take a step forward? But like you said, the numbers really tell it all. I think Iowa had two passing touchdowns from October 8th until the end, until the bowl game was played. I mean, that's just the fact that Iowa won 10 games is kind of a miracle to some extent, right? You know, how much, how far does really elite special teams playing defense get you? Uh, without question, Iowa's entire season is going to rely on if Spencer Petrus can take a step forward in the quarterback wise. And I'll say this, if, if they don't take a step forward in spring, I'm still not going to rule out Iowa explores the transfer portal in the summer. Cause I, I think that they're going to have to, if guys don't take a step forward. Are you surprised at all that whether it was obviously pre-spring practice, they didn't go after a quarterback. And and like you said, do you think if they go to the spring game or go through the rest of spring practice and, and don't perform and look like they did last year that Iowa and Kirk Ferentz can explore that opportunity depending on obviously who's in the portal to go after? Yeah, you know, I think Iowa dipped their big toe in the transfer portal just as far as quarterbacks goes, but they really never pursued any of them. I think that they're going to have to. I think there's really, you, you can't look at last season's film and say, you know what, we're that close. I think in some ways they were, but when you look at just how many missed throws there were downfield and you look at the makeup of the team coming back, I mean, look, Iowa, they, they got Jack Campbell coming back, who I think is the top three linebacker in the country. They have Riley Moss, who I think could have compete for defensive back of the year across the country had he stayed healthy the entire season his production was outstanding i was going to have a lot of the guys on the defensive line return i think iowa's offensive line is going to be better like it never comes down to really one position but it comes down to if iowa gets adequate quarterback play i will be picking them to win the big 10 west next season even though braylon allen and those dogs in madison are probably gonna be right on their heels as well so it's not gonna surprise me if they take a step forward but as far as the quarterbacks go but you need to remember this kirk Farron is very, very picky about who he goes after in the transfer portal. And Iowa's always been adamant about, you have to understand every aspect of our offense because we put so much emphasis on, you know, pre-read, pre-snap blitzes, really getting everybody aligned. So, I mean, you have to understand every position. That's why redshirt freshman Joe Lavis is still a step behind Alex Padilla and Spencer Petras. I think he's got the arm talent to compete with them, but I don't know if he has the knowledge of the offense. But, you know, if there's a right fit, a guy who's maybe playing a pro-style system before, has been the, the country, you know, in the league for three years or so, maybe Iowa goes after him. And it, it, I think it makes sense on a lot of fronts, but you know how Kirk Ferentz is. It, it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. We'll hear more from David Eichholt when we come back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, you mentioned a good word uh, in your response. You said adequate. You know, they don't need a Caleb Williams, uh, someone going out there, a CJ Stroud, who's going to light it up, you know, throw for 500 yards a game. They just need a game manager, someone who's not going to turn it over, someone who could, you know, move the ball at times down the field. Um, and last season, they just didn't get that enough or, or really at all um, from Spencer Petras or Alex Padilla. And, and look, you know, you mentioned his name before Brian Ferentz. I know obviously he's Kirk Ferentz's son, and it's silly to think that that won't or doesn't already play a role in any potential change if Iowa's offense and the quarterback struggle again next season. But how much pressure is offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz under heading into 2022? I, I think he's among the most pressurized coordinators in the entire country. I think you look at the production, you look at how long he's been in the program, and you look at kind of Iowa's make team makeup and where they could go. If, again, if they had an adequate offense, I think Iowa's best offensive stat, they were 99th in points scored. Everything else is in the hundreds. You know, yards, passing offense, rushing yards. and But you look at Iowa's team makeup. They have good pieces. I mean, Sam Laporta is going to play tight end on Sunday. I think they have a good running back duo in Gavin Williams and LaShawn Williams this year. It's no Tyler Goodson, but I think Iowa's going to be much, a little bit more north-south running-wise than they were last season. Uh, Arlen Bruce and Keegan Johnson, I think, are two very versatile wide receivers, both former four-stars on 24-7 sports, taking a big step forward. I think Keegan could be Iowa's first all Big Ten wide receiver since Marvin McNutt back in 2011. Yes, it's been a decade since Iowa's produced an all, all Big Ten caliber wide receiver. So again, there are pieces there. If Iowa gets adequate quarterback play, I think if they can even get the completion percentage up to 60, I think that would be a huge thing for the offense. And you know, another thing as well, I think Spencer really struggled with and Iowa struggled with, they didn't trust the receivers enough last year. They were not throwing the ball downfield. And you know, you look at some of the explosive passing offenses, you got to trust your receiver to go throw the ball 30, 40 yards downfield and say, hey, go make a play. And these guys are athletic enough that they can go make a play. They got some good hands. You know, they're good route runners. And I think Kellen Copeland's a very good wide receivers coach. So again, it's going to come down to, can Brian help? And by the way, Brian has no time. He has to immediately make the jump because look, Spencer Petrus has been on campus for four plus years. This is a guy who knows the offense probably as well as Brian Ferentz does at this point. So Brian's got to go in there and there has to be an immediate production jump. Otherwise, I think fans are going to be louder than ever uh, right now. So again, I, I would say that Brian Ferentz is definitely under the most pressure, definitely among the Iowa coaching staff, and I'd say among the Big Ten coaches as well. Now, does that mean he'll be fired if they take a step back? I have a hard time believing that for, for a variety of reasons, but no doubt, no doubt there's so much pressure on him right now. Yeah, those would be quite the family meals uh, if that firing <laughs> were to happen. Uh, so, so, David, two more questions for you. Defensively, you know, Xavier and Wonka, obviously a massive get for Kirk Ferentz. Iowa's top player, the top safety in the top 247 rankings for the 2022 class, a five-star prospect. Right or not, there obviously are lofty expectations on his shoulders for next season and for, frankly, his entire career in Iowa City. But what should the Hawkeye faithful reasonably expect from him in year one? First of all, I think he's definitely going to play special teams, no doubt. I think he's too athletic, he's too strong, six foot two, six foot three, 210, 215 pounds, incredibly fast, fluid hips, athletic as they come. And I would argue among the biggest playmakers in the entire 2022 recruiting class, just what with what he put on film on both sides of the ball. I think that right now he's learning three different positions. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to step in, uh, whether it be at safety or Iowa's 
cash position, their four, two, five. And, you know, Iowa's turned out some dudes there. You look at Amani Hooker was there. Dane Belton's leaving school early after having five interceptions last season. So I think it wouldn't surprise me if if he became a rotational defensive back, uh, maybe they throw him in some sub packages. I think he can be a big special teams player, but there's no doubt. I think you look at who Iowa's gotten over the years as far as recruiting wise in the secondary and what Phil Parker's done with them. Everyone's kind of always asked, gosh, imagine if he got a five-star, what he could do with him. So there's kind of that mentality right now. Okay, Xavier Wampa fits everything that you want in a, in a high-level football player. I think he's going to be a future first-round pick in my book, maybe first two rounds. But uh, now he's got Phil Parker's you know, tutorage. It's going to be incredibly interesting to see what kind of strides he can make. But how much pressure is there on him? I think because Iowa's secondary is so elite, there's not a ton this season, but I think you look at his entire career. I, I think there's a lot, a lot of high expectations on Xavier Wampa to become a, a really, really big impact player on Iowa's defense. So David, last one, and I'll preface this by saying, I don't think this will be his last season. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you will say otherwise, but I know he obviously has a contract lasting till I think 2030, but Kirk Ferentz, he'll be 67 by the start of the season, has been at Iowa, obviously a very long time. How much longer do you think he will be at Iowa? Do you think retirement is something he's seriously thinking about over the next coming years? I've said this. I think pre-pandemic, yes. I think that he would have been really on the table. I think he would have gone till 68, maybe to 70 at most pre-pandemic. But I'll tell you, this is a guy who lives and breathes football. He's very comfortable in his role. And I think the pandemic, when everything sort of shut down, he just said, you know, I'm kind of bored. Like, I don't know what to do because football has been my entire life. So obviously, like you say, he's got the extension through the end of the 2029 season. I don't think he finishes it, but I will say this. I think that he can go at least another five or six years. I mean, this is a guy who said, I feel better. I feel mentally sharper than I've been in a long time. I feel physically better. And Kirk Ferentz is all in. And I think at minimum, he wants one more Big Ten championship to really kind of go out on. And I think you look at Iowa's recruiting rankings over the past few years, and he's recruiting at a much higher rate than I think he has. I think he still has a lot of his good core coaches uh, with him as well. So I think combined with the recruiting aspect, combined with he doesn't really want to go, you know, what bird watching. He doesn't want to sit in the park or go on long walks. Yeah, he still wants to be on the football field. I think that's a good thing for him. I think he's comfortable in his role. And I think that Iowa fans have been never been more all in on Kirk Ferentz. I mean, there's been no calls from the fans that they want Kirk Ferentz to leave. So I think that I would say he's got another five years. I would be very, very surprised if he doesn't make another five years. I know that kind of shocks some people, but again, I think the pandemic and his life during the pandemic, I think has really changed his outlook on how long he wants to continue coaching. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Iowa obviously will be a contender in the Big Ten West, but still a lot of question marks for the Hawkeyes as they go through spring practice. You can follow him on Twitter at David Eichel. He covers the Hawkeyes for 24-7 sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. David, thanks so much for joining me. Be well, my friend. Hey, you as well, man. Thank you. Again, Iowa currently in spring practice. They open up the season at home on September 3rd against South Dakota State. For David Eichel, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to this episode of the College Football Daily.